sound alternative. 897 KRUI. One news prophylactic. One soil. Lucky to have in live, playing live, Wombat. Um, these guys are getting set up a little bit right now, so I'm going to play some music, um, but we'll be right back uh, with some live music and some talk from Wombat. So I'm going to play a song here by Purple, F- F- Purple Frank. This one's called Time Slipped Away.
You are listening to Local Tunes on KRUI 89.7. We got Wombat live in the studio. How are you guys feeling tonight? Great. Good. Pretty good. <laughs> are these mics on? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We, are, we are live. So, yeah, when we talk, you guys can just speak right into those. So, we got Justin Comer on sax, Carlos Solares on guitar. Solares. Both funny names. <laughs> <laughs> and Will Yeager on bass. Um, so... I want to know first, starting off, the name Wombat. What do you guys have to do with short-legged marsupials from Australia? Uh, we we have similar uh, defense mechanisms to the wombat. <laughs> uh, yeah, after we chose the name of the well, after Will chose the name of the band, uh, we discovered that apparently wombats have like really tough butts, and then like they will lure predators into their holes and then like smash them with their butts yeah so sounds so why cool. not that's pretty badass yeah so that, that's like our music so great yes yeah, so we, we lure you into our hole and then smash <laughs> our rear ends into you it's also a defense mechanism if, right. if the wombat is deciding to not go on the offensive uh, it will like sort of plug its burrow oh, by, yeah, like, yeah, that's just right. sticking itself in and like leaving its yeah. But exposed, <laughs> sort of like a, a, a plug. <laughs> wow! So the audience that that's left after that, yeah. those are your true fans. That's who you want right. at your shows. That's um, right. Yeah. So, Every gig is basically a, a, a culling process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how did you guys all come together? Well, Carlos and I have known each other for I think like three, three or four years now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like three for real. The year before that was kind of like we were aware of each we other. We lived in the same city, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we we organized a concert series together. So that's sort of how we got to know each other through yeah. I hear I see. Uh, I guess Kasha was a, a major link between us. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then so we'll go here. So yeah, I'm I'm still a student at the University of Iowa School of Music. Justin had just finished when I arrived, um, and then last year Will got here. Uh, he was in Tennessee before that, and yeah, through a friend. I don't know. There's basically this gig where like. There was a poet who was going to be doing a reading, and there was a dancer who was going to be dancing, and then they were looking for improvisers. I, I, I should say that this is actually a matter of, of some oh, tension yeah, yeah. amongst the Okay, Wombat, so my, my story, Christine, if you're listening, or if you ever listen to this, this is my <laughs> Shout story. Shout out Christine Burke. Yeah. My version of the story is Christine said, yes. hey, they're looking for improvisers. Uh, do you want to do this? Maybe you and two other people. And then we talked, maybe she mentioned, maybe Will and maybe Justin. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't even know her. Yeah. She definitely right. didn't mention yeah. me. Anyway. This, is, this is the biggest hole in her story. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we... But that's what you heard, well, at least. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, like, Justin and I had done a couple of things together, but we were not playing regularly. Um, and then Will had just played at our concert series... Um, which I wasn't at that concert, so I right, was just yeah. Uh, Gabby Vanek actually yes. oh, there you tipped, go, yeah. tipped you off to the I Hear I See shows, yeah. and Will was very proactive and reached out to yeah. me to play on one of those shows. 
and he improvised for probably 15, 20 minutes at that show, and I enjoyed it. So Carlos asked me, hey, what about this Will guy? I said, yeah, he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I said, does he seem like an asshole? And you said, no, he seems okay. You're not supposed to say that on the radio, Carlos. So I'm, I'm oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Only, sorry. Uh, vulgarity. Justin yeah. is comfortable lying to Carlos. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Will is, Will is very cranky, but he's very nice. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'd like, we got together one time before, like, without the dancer and the poet and all that stuff. Um, yeah, and just play for, like, 10 or 20 minutes or so, or a couple of sets, and... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I remember, like, with other people, it feels like there's either a lot of talking about, like, what should this sound like, or or you don't say anything, but secretly you hate what the other people are doing. <laughs> uh, and I don't know, and I feel like with the three of us, like, it it just kind of clicked. Like, like we all just had kind of, like, the same idea of what we wanted to do. Um, and did you not really discover that until that show? Well, I mean, that was happened? the first time that, like, we played together. Uh-huh. So, um, we, we, I think we got together for, like, a rehearsal. Yeah. And then we got together one more time with the author yeah. and the dancer. Mm-hmm. And then we and had, then, like, a dress rehearsal. And then did the gig. So yeah. what happened at the show that made you guys feel like you wanted to keep it going? We had to play for an hour. Yeah. Yeah, I was, was yeah. standing for a yeah. full hour, sort of. <laughs> a real bonding experience? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. what that must be like to have to stand. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that we were all standing. <laughs> no, no, I know. I just usually well, I, don't stand for that long. Okay, well. well like, within, like within this like community or like yeah. scene of like freely improvised music, it's usually shorter sets mm-hmm. or like, or you'll do like a, a, a handful of, you know, five to ten minute things like. I mean, I, I think it, no matter what kind of music you play. Whoa. That's still doing that. Okay, sorry. It's for, okay? It's yeah, yeah, okay? it's all okay. I just don't know. There's like... Stop, stop. Okay, there's a cable that's doing weird stuff lately. <laughs> but no matter what you, you play, it's, it's not easy to generate an hour's worth of sound. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially if it's being improvised yeah. or I, I often notice like in punk rock when it's high energy or highly creative and it takes a lot out of your brain. Yeah. 15 minutes of that is equal to like an hour of, yeah. or th- five hours of easy listening yeah. music, <laughs> you know, um, but more profound. I'm not comparing yeah, you guys I'm- to easy listening. I, I think okay. it's a it works it's a comparison yeah. that's valid <laughs> so hopefully we can, we can clear uh, it um, yeah but I don't I mean it seemed like yeah I, don't, I mean I think we've been lucky enough that like both musically we work well together and then also like personally like we all get along really well and yeah, we went out and threw axes together. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, we went to the Patch of Jacks. Yeah. Yes. Oh, how was it? It's good. It's so pretty much fun. fun. It's yeah. Good. Yeah. When it when it works, it's so satisfying. I heard of it and I was like, man, that seems like something like it's well worth it. Joe Rogan would be into. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> I don't but know. It sounds yeah. fun. You should try. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm gonna fun. I'm gonna we go. We played out. three rounds and we each won one. Yeah. yeah. It was so. very. We were evenly matched. Yeah. yeah. Are you throwing? Uh, taking a hatchet and throwing it at like a bullseye situation. Yeah, yeah. It was like a huge plank of wood with a bullseye. Okay. Um, yeah, and I don't. I mean, I f- it felt like it was safe. <laughs> yeah, they have a lot of regulations that you must yeah. abide by in there. Yeah, and like you're you're being watched at all times. <laughs> they do have regulations, but like not that like 
you just kind of walk in and like you know sign a waiver and then start chucking an axe. <laughs> yeah. Very it's, easy it's pretty, peasy. Yeah, it's, it's kind of alarmingly. They don't check your history of mental illness <laughs> no. or anything like that. That they uh, they you're, you could only consume three beers up to three beers yeah. like while whilst hatcheting. Wow. Yeah, I was thinking the other day they're like you could totally. I could get pretty drunk on three beers. And also, beers you could and- like drink before going there and then just like be drunk there. So, I don't, like, it's not like. They, they made know. it pretty clear they have they reserve the right to just. Like, yeah, kick you out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Toss you. So, yeah. I, I, they, these all seem like yeah. people that are like, mm-hmm. pretty a- able to tell if somebody yeah. is sauced. Yeah. Well, that's a beautiful thing that. I think that bands, you know, a lot of people can find people that they sound good musically with, but yeah. when it comes to getting along, that can mm. sometimes be the hardest part mm. of a band. So I think if you can get along with people, the music kind of comes naturally. Yeah, I was just thinking, I think there was probably, like, in that first like time we got together to play, there was, there was a, a, window, at t- a window of time in which, like... Like at least with my relationship with Justin and Carlos, we'd probably spent like more minutes playing music together than we had like actually like hanging yeah. out or talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think it's like, even out at this point. It's, 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 it's the beginning, like, yeah, you know, it was a I, professional I had... relationship. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that reminds me. Let's stop talking and let's right. let's hear some music. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I can time. So do you? Um, do you give names to tracks or is after they happen? I don't know if, if our listeners realize Wombat is a completely improvised band, so they're going to be making music on the spot for us right now. Yeah, we, we generally haven't really named any of our previous yeah. performances. Maybe after this one we could try. I don't know. Well, Will has a whole list of song names in his phone, so he can like pick one at random. And <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, if, if a listener wants to, like, Call in or like yeah, like yeah. tweet it, tweet it. <laughs> yeah, you got a good name out there. Yeah, there you go. Christina, is that it was who's Christine? Christine, yeah. if you're Christine listening, you have a good name for this one. <laughs> All right, here is Wombat live.
All right, thank you guys for that. We are listening to Wombat live in studio. I'm, I wasn't sure if that song was over or not. Does that happen at your shows ever? Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of times we're not sure. <laughs> yeah. So when you're doing a composition together, it seems like you're listening a lot yeah. more than playing. Is that one of the tricks? Keys? Yeah. Uh, you got to listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you wanted to sound good, then yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to think that I do a better job if I am listening to you yeah. guys than if I'm not. Yeah. I would agree. But I mean, there's a better job when you listen to me. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we all listen to Will all the time. That's how this works. Uh, Yeah, but I mean, there's also like, or at least for me, there's like different ways that I listen to you guys. Like sometimes it's very, like sometimes it's very conscious. Like Mm -hmm. you hear something, it's like, oh, that's cool. Let's let him keep going with that and gonna step back or like oh this has been happening for a while so I'm going to like come with this completely different thing um, but then this also sometimes we're like very I don't know yeah kind of like subconscious like I don't even remember exactly like what happened in what order or like I listen back to recordings like oh yeah yeah we were doing that and like or like oh yeah I was totally playing with this other person but like I at the moment, it just kind of, like, happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I don't feel like everything is so... Um, I don't feel like I'm aware of all the choices that I'm making or all the information that I'm getting. Uh-huh, because it's sort of this weird thing where you're listening, but you're also trying to play, mm-hmm. and you're trying to do something different. Um, how did you guys all come to this music, uh, to, to improv? Well, I guess we could start from the beginning with each of you and kind of talk about... Um, your musical background um, and then how you got into it uh, into improv specifically sure everyone's looking at me so I think <laughs> I, I will go first uh, uh, I remember like singing in choirs and stuff when I was pretty young and then I picked up a violin when I was nine and then I picked up a saxophone the year after that and that's that's the one that stuck uh, I played in jazz groups at school and stuff so I sort of got into the idea of improvisation that way, although jazz improvisation is usually very different from what we are doing now. And then uh, when I went to college, I sort of, uh, I guess, thought improvisation was not so uh, sophisticated, and I sort of just didn't practice it for a while. (laughs) And then uh, when I... Do you mean specifically jazz improvisation or the type of improvisation you guys are doing tonight? Uh, just in general, I was uh-huh. not, not really as interested in it at that time. And then when I was uh, studying here for my master's, I was really barely touching my sax at all. And then uh, my friend Jason Palomara, he was uh, he had a, an assistantship with the dance department, and he was accompanying um, uh, dance improvisation classes and invited me to join him one day. And then we sort of we're playing together and I was like, Oh, this is actually pretty satisfying. I like doing this. And then, Oh, also I should mention that, uh, uh, the winter of 2013, I believe it was, uh, 
I founded an improvisation group with Nima Hamidi, oh, yeah. Will Huff, <laughs> and uh, Andrew DeRuza, who's a jazz guitarist. Uh-huh. We we just started playing together in like a church basement one night and then uh, started playing like at the I Hear I See concerts later that semester. And that group was called the Compromisers because we were all composers improvising. <laughs> it's a very cheesy name, but that's yeah. what we were billed as. <laughs> yeah, so I guess since then that's become like my major source of creative outlet. I improvise more than I do anything else really these days. So yeah, that's and do you, where I came do you, from. Do you like to play straight ahead jazz, or is it? Uh, I wouldn't say I don't like it, but I'm not doing it anymore. So, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. so how about you, Will? Uh, I became interested in the bass when I was in high school. Uh, I had a, a, a two friends, one that played guitar, one that played drums. So it seemed like a void that needed to be filled. So this was like a rock and roll yeah, yeah, situation? Just like, yeah, just like kind of classic, like eighth grade garage band. Green Day, Blink-182. Oh, uh, <laughs> we were talking about uh, Brain Stew the other day. <laughs> um, I I never liked Blink-182, but I was I, I was into Green Day for uh-huh. I, I, I can remember like playing you know some Green Day songs like in a high school band room. You know? Oh yeah, Dookie. Oh yeah, big. Yeah. Oh yeah, classics. Um, always have a soft spot for some of that stuff. Uh, so like, I was just like I got really in, into just like playing the bass. So I was like trying to check out stuff uh so i mean at the time like my favorite bands were like led zeppelin and metallica and stuff like that uh, which you know have you know great bass bass players in those groups uh, but i was also just like getting real interested and in, like just a lot a lot of the, like the rock music and stuff that my friends wanted to play you know like the bass is not doing quite as much um and that's that's what the bass is doing what it needs to do in that kind uh-huh. of music a lot um, of pick Basing. Yeah, I mean, and like, I still love, you know, like playing like ACDC songs. Like, that's that's how I teach students how to play eighth notes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was like getting really interested, you know, interested in just like more virtuosic kinds of stuff, which sort of like naturally leads to jazz. So like, I remember like, you know, who were the best bass players, and so like, I would like that's how I discovered like Victor Wooten. You know, mm-hmm. um, Jocko. Yeah, so it's Jocko, and then th- mostly through Jocko, I sort of, you know, I remember, you know, getting his record, and I, I, I like knew jazz was a thing, but like I didn't have anybody around me to like, l- like lay records on me or anything, because uh, my friends were like interested in other rock music, but nobody was like really like going to the record store and like you know being like really voracious about like trying to like find new stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I just spent a lot of time in high school just, like, on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. Like, especially, so then I, I found my way to jazz through, like, Jocko. And I remember when I was 15, I got uh, Miles Davis kind of blue for, for my sister. And that just sort of, like, really, really uh-huh. messed me up. And I was like, this this is the music that I want to play, like, for the rest of my life. Um, which was true for many years after that. <laughs> and then, like, I was like, I really, you know, it was, like, it was really... Okay, I want to do this jazz thing, and then like as I was like trying to gobble up as much of that as I could, I was like, I really want to play this this you know double bass set of electric bass because I didn't have an orchestra or anything like that in my high school, so I finally got a double bass when I was eighteen. Like, oh wow, uh, that's when I really started playing, um, and like I went to college for it, 
you know, it's basically like a jazz degree. Cause, and then, like, as I, like, was studying the instrument, I was also becoming more interested in classical music. For So for, like, a long time, I was kind of 50-50, like, interested playing, like, orchestral repertoires. So you had to teach yourself how to read music? Well, no, I, I was in band. Okay. Like, through, like, playing trumpet and stuff. So, okay, like, okay. I, I was, like... Musical. Yeah. Did it, like, in a school. Yeah, exactly. Um, so to, like, skip ahead a little bit, I... I did my master's, which again was kind of like, it, I mean, it was a performance degree, but I was like playing just as much, if not more jazz. And I was like playing a lot of jazz gigs. That was like my main source of income. So I, by the time I finished my master's, I was just, I had, I was just living off of gigs. Um, and then I started playing in orchestras and doing like adjunct teaching at a few different places, like the whole freelance thing. And I was just really getting like sick of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I sort of like, uh, Improvising has always been really important to me, but I was getting kind of, uh, this is, you know, some people might like get upset. <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, like, like a lot of the straight ahead jazz gigs I go to, like nobody's like really improvising. Like I never hear anything surprising. Like everybody's just playing like the same stuff. And it, it's not that it's bad stuff. And that's not to say that the, the act of improvisation is like what makes that music. Like, there's a lot more that makes jazz jazz than just improvising. Improvising is a huge part of it, though, because um, it's a very specific kind of idiom. Because like all we're doing is improvising, but this is definitely not jazz. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So there's a, there's there's different languages, um, and you know I still play a lot of jazz gigs, um, but I it's it just wasn't um, fulfilling to me anymore. Um, and around this time, I was getting more and more interested in sort of uh, new music. Or like contemporary, there's no all the words are really stupid. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I hate saying indie classical or contemporary classical because right. it just doesn't make any sense at all. Avant garde. Yeah, I, I guess at least yeah. music that was at least avant garde at some point. Yeah, <laughs> experimental. Yeah, uh, but yeah. And so like I was more because and that that's basically like why I'm here and decided I wanted to come back to school was to like play like music by like living composers. Um, and so along that same thread, like. I was still very interested in improvising, but not as much in the jazz idiom. Um, and th- there are areas in which these two worlds kind of overlap. Um, uh-huh. Well, what would you say is the difference between free jazz and what you guys do? Uh, that's a good question. Um, because we're playing free music, but yeah. free jazz, I think, is still different. Um, is it is free jazz swing? Sometimes. Some free <laughs> jazz definitely swings. Um there are a lot of like early um, representations of that music that were still very swinging, um, uh-huh. and like Paul Motion. I think like those guys, they kind of developed a way to do it. Yeah, I mean, Paul was a, to, a huge figure, like early in the mix. Um, one of my like favorite drummers of all time. Um, yeah, and you know, Paul was one of those guys who you know still like he played in a lot of different musical situations. Um, but like was always like a very serious improviser. I mean, he and a lot of, I guess, his colleagues or people that were like still dealing with like the American songbook and like the jazz tradition in some way, uh-huh. but all, also like acting against it or outside of it in ways. Like a lot of Paul's original music is like very like '70s vibe, like free music. Like there are people on the records that like aren't trained musicians, but they're just like sitting there like playing some kind of weird like exotic single read instrument (laughs) like like the the Keith Jarrett's American Quartet with Keith Jarrett Paul Motion Charlie Hayden and and Dewey Redman which is one of the best jazz bands of all time 
like you know people are like sitting on rugs and like just sitting in like <laughs> the, the music could have only happened at that time um i'm on a tangent here <laughs> no but it's like, i think free jazz is still definitely related to the tradition in some way um like you know ornette coleman you know who's like you know one of the, the first really big figures in that music like his first few like his first few records are actually not that great um i mean i have a, have a soft spot for me but because he's playing like trying to play his thing with straight ahead musicians so that just isn't like isn't working but then he finally you get to like the shape of jazz to come which you know has uh, also charlie hayden on bass uh, and a lot of that music is basically if you listen to it now like it doesn't really sound that out mm-hmm. uh-huh. they're playing freely but there's often like like a tonal center yeah, or it's still swinging. There's still a head to free yeah, jazz. There's a head. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, sometimes, I mean, like, well, I, I, I mean, free jazz. The record has oh, a head. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so th- there's an Ornette record called Free Jazz. Uh-huh. Yeah, like where <laughs> I guess this whole thing came from. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's still rooted. Like, so one of the ways it can still be ro- kind of connected to the tradition is that it's in time, or that it's swing. And that's not to say that we might not do something in time. I don't. Mm-hmm. Know. Yeah. It's, it's happened yet. Yeah. Uh, sort of. We get like loops from Carlos's yeah. pedals, yeah, yeah. and then I sometimes yeah. play percussively. Along I definitely with that. like. Sometimes you accidentally get into. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we try to avoid it, but it's like a, a black hole. Yeah, we're not really groovy, but sometimes, yeah. we'll, sometimes we'll get two beats in a row. <laughs> well, like in improvised music, so like a, a lot of the, the free jazz is kind of distinctly American. Um, well, that's. That's a dangerous thing to say. <laughs> but there was also a very European style of playing this music, too, that, like, this was all kind of happening in the 60s and 70s, like a mm-hmm. lot of music that was coming out on ECM. Um, so you kind of had these two streams, and that music, that sort of improvisational language, I think, had more to do with uh, European, like, con- like avant-garde concert yeah. music. They had more to do with Stockhausen than it did mm-hmm. or that. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, like... You, you kind of have these two streams, and it's interesting to compare. And like, of course, these guys would often, you know, play with each other, and you know, you get some really cool stuff happening. But sort of, they both represent divergences from a tradition, um, and they might be like heading in the same direction, but the traditions are such so different. And you still have a lot of the sonic trappings, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I when I was uh, a student at the university, probably like two or three years ago, uh, I did recital attendance one year. And so I went to a lot of new contemporary shows. And I have to admit, the first one, I was like, what the hell is this? Why is this two and a half hours long? But by by the third or fourth one, I was starting to notice things. Like, it seems like a lot of these composers are are putting in um, sections where the players are improvising um, and where kind of a lot of... Uh, wacky things are going on and it's almost like to me I kind of realized like oh wow these classical some of these new classical students are embracing the weird even more than some of the jazz students are yeah absolutely jazz people are some of the most conservative people (laughs) I've ever met a lot of them yes whereas you would a lot of times you would think of of it completely opposite yeah yeah so uh, I guess we'll get into Carlos yeah How, how how did you find it um so, yeah, I mean, I grew up playing violin. So I'm from Spain. Uh, I grew up playing violin, but also, like, listening to a lot of rock music. When I was a teenager, I started playing guitar and bass um, in very bad bands. <laughs> what type of music? Uh, I just like rock music. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, yeah, I was like a metalhead when I was a, a teenager. 
But is yeah, that so what's like, popular for kids in Spain when they start a band? Is it uh, rock music? Yeah, or? yeah. I mean, I would say it's the same. Um, so yeah, and then for my bachelor's and my master's, I was in Germany. So kind of like by the time that I was starting to get tired of metal, uh, I met this friend that was like kind of like ten years older than me. Uh, so he was kind of like a mentor in some ways. Um, and he got me, I don't know, like, I don't know if at the same time I was getting into, like, way more avant-garde, like, academic music and, like, more extreme metal. Um, and so, yeah, then that guy and I, so he was also a composer. Um, and then our drummer for that band was a, like, a classical percussionist who had never played metal, uh, but he was really good. So, like, we would just write out the parts and then he would play them. Um, yeah, so we started a band, and, like, a lot of that was also just, like, noise, like, improvised sections, but they the were just, like, super drony or... Um, yeah, I don't know. So it was... I mean, before that, like, yeah, when I was a teenager, like, with other kids from the... School of Music will improvise, but that was more, like, kind of jazz. I mean, I that's one of the reasons for me to not call this free jazz, like, I can't play jazz to save my life. Like, I've never played jazz. I, I'm not into that tradition. Uh-huh. So... Are you... You said you're studying jazz and... No, no, no. Now I'm... I mean... Uh, oh, at this point? Well, at any point, I've been studying composition. Uh, uh-huh. And yeah, and I grew up playing violin. So like I've played classicals, I, I've played rock and metal and stuff like that. But I, yeah, I, I don't know anything about jazz. I can't play jazz. Uh-huh. So <laughs> what I'm doing can't be free jazz. <laughs> <laughs> what they're doing, maybe. <laughs> um, so yeah, and I don't know, kind of like since then, then when I moved to, to Berlin for my master's, uh, it was kind of the same situation. Like, I, I was playing with some people who were doing jazz. Uh, but, yeah, we ended up just having this weird, like, hard rock. Again, with a lot of improvised sections. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and... So you've been doing projects with improv in them for yeah. almost your whole musical career. Yeah. I mean, this is the only time that is, like, only improvisation. Uh-huh. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, to me, it's definitely more linked to, let's say, like, academic avant-garde music than to anything else. Like, like, and even when I'm playing in here, I feel like the decisions that I'm taking and the way that I'm approaching it is still very from that angle. Uh-huh. Like, it's kind of like real-time composing. Yeah. Um, so I'm not... Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, we, we don't play in a key. We don't play in a meter or there's no groove or anything like that so you're just kind of like shaping sound the same way that um, yeah I mean I, I'm, yeah I think the approach is not that different from a lot of composers just the fact that like it's just happening without uh, planning beforehand uh-huh. yeah. well I find your music to be very meditative is that um, is that something that people have told you guys before uh, I don't know if we've heard that word before, but I've, I think I, it works. I kind of trance. I mean, I felt very. I mean, I don't meditate, but I, <laughs> but if I did, I yeah. felt like what I felt like during that last song. Yeah, um, was was close to it. 
Yeah. But uh, I, I, I want to reach that state again. So can we yeah. can we hear an, sure. another improvisation? <laughs> yeah. So this time, Absolutely. don't uh, don't be meditative at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna be a, a wild improvisation. Maybe it's just Carlos and I are sleepy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I just want to say once again, we have Wombat. That's Justin on sax, Carlos on guitar, Will on bass. They're gonna be playing Saturday, September 29th at the Morning Bell Coffee Roasters in Ames, Iowa. Uh, that's at 9 p.m. Yes, that's when the show starts. Okay. So. Uh, if you find yourself in Ames or if you have buddies out there, let them know that Wombat is coming to town. And here is another improvisation.
getting a remarkably heartfelt bear hug from Smokey Bear. Thanks, big guy. Now, if you could let me down. <clears throat> See, I made sure there were no low-hanging branches when I set up my campfire. And before we left, I drowned out my campfire, stirred it, drowned it out again, then made sure it was cold. <clears throat> Visit SmokeyBear.com to learn tips to prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Okay, RUI, you are listening to local tunes. We've got Wombat in the studio. Uh, once again, that's Justin Comer on sax, Hello. Will Yeager on bass, and Carlos... Cotalio Solares. <laughs> Cotalion? Cotalio. 
Kotayo Solares. Nice. He's got a double last name. On the yes. guitar. <laughs> like most funnier. <laughs> hey, that's what we do. <laughs> I thought I was doing so good pronouncing your guys' you? name. No, no, no. no, you know. That's good. <laughs> I mean, the pronunciation was very good. Actually, did you did you ever ask me how to say my last name? Or did you just get it right? No. Do people say comer? All the time, man. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It is the funnier option. Yeah. When in doubt. <laughs> so, Justin, uh, you're a part of a... You host a show on, on KRUI as well as um, in person. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, uh, I started I Hear I See Radio uh, last October at the request of Asa Crow, former programming director here at KRUI. And... Uh, like this show, it focuses on local music uh-huh. and uh, art that's being made here in Iowa City. Uh, it's also it's a spinoff of our concert series yes. that Carlos and I organized together, also called I Hear okay. I See. <laughs> uh, that's a monthly thing. They're free shows, uh, so we're trying to draw a different audience to see <laughs> different kinds of music. We try to get like very eclectic lineups. We get students from the music school that are doing, you know, stuff like what we're doing here tonight. And we also try to get like singer songwriters, poets. Uh, there was a magician on a few shows before we were doing oh, yeah, that. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. We try to get, you know, yeah. lots oh, of gosh. different, lots of different kind of stuff to draw in lots of different yeah, people. Wish I can try to find them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, J.R. Martins, I believe was his name. Okay. <laughs> Probably good at disappearing. <laughs> 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 And are those shows recorded, or do you just have to come to them live? Uh, we do uh, have a pretty extensive documentation yes. at this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I take video and audio recordings mm-hmm. of every show. Uh, and if you go to our website, which is IHearIC.com, you can find all those recordings. How do you spell IHearIC, Justin? Uh, you spell it I-H-E-A-R-I-C. It's, a, it's kind of a pun. Yeah, it's pretty much a pun. And uh, <laughs> as Carlos always reminds people, we did not come up with that ourselves. Yeah. We inherited this program. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the series has been going on since... I think 2009 okay. is when it started. Hey, welcome to the program. That's yeah, the you, same thing with local started, tunes. Right? So oh, good. We're carrying go. the torch <laughs> yeah, uh, of the local music program. Jared Fowler started I Hear I See in an attempt to bring together musicians from the school of music and from the greater community and then uh through the years it was passed down to zach zubo and then to andy theoroff and then uh carlos and i along with our friend kasha lazinski we took it over as a trio and uh, kasha lives in minneapolis now so it's just the two of us yeah so go to i hear ic.com yeah that's got links to all the social media and stuff that we have set up Great. And I have to ask, because this is local tunes and we get into the local issues, but recently uh, <laughs> in Little Village, uh, yeah. Luke Tweedy wrote a, a, a great article. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fight. It fight, is a fight. fantastic article. <laughs> Luke, Luke Tweedy uh, wrote a great article. I liked it. Um, and basically, uh, in his article, he was talking about how there's the $5 show in, in DIY uh, culture and not just at DIY shows. I think a, a lot of local bands mm-hmm. charge five dollars for yep. shows. And Luke Tweedy hates this. He wants this to end. He thinks bands are undervaluing themselves, um, and therefore people aren't coming to the show. Whether it's because the bands are undervaluing themselves and the people just don't think it's worth it. Um, but you wrote a a, a great um, 
retort to to the article, I guess I would call it. And uh, um, can you just talk about what uh, your response was? Sure. So uh, Luke's article is great. It's uh, basically saying that we should raise the five dollar standard at least to seven. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think that's that's reasonable for sure. It's one more taco at Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, he has he has great points about uh, undervaluing artists' work and. Uh, and yeah, for those of you who don't know, Luke Tweedy, he's the owner of Flat Black Studios yep. out in Lone Tree, Iowa. He's he's a big player in the mm-hmm. music and in, in the Iowa City music scene, um, and he and he knows a lot of bands and mm-hmm. deals with a lot of them. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then so I wrote sort of a follow up to that because I, I feel like there's more to the equation than just how much a band is asking for at the door. Yeah. Uh, so I uh, in Luke's article he mentions that the. Uh, the the five dollar standard was kind of set by Fugazi, uh-huh. and you know that's what he cites. And uh, he mentions that the minimum wage back in the eighties, when Fugazi was doing their thing, was like three eighty five, something yeah. like that. Uh, and so I I took that figure and sort of uh, compared it to today, where the minimum wage is seven twenty five, uh, and uh, along with the wage increasing by however much that is. Uh, I took a look at a few expenses that people are facing. Uh, I believe the minimum wage has increased by like 115%, something like that, uh-huh. if you're not accounting for inflation and things like mm-hmm. that. Uh, and for example, student tuition, room and board, and fees have increased by about 397%. That wow. figure I do remember. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I love all the math. <laughs> uh, yeah, So so basically... What uh, the issue is, is that people, there's only a certain number of people that live in this town that are going to live music events. Uh And so uh, I think the reason that a lot of musicians feel like they don't want to raise the price of admission is that uh, they want these people to be able to come to their shows and to actually support them because there's a small community, really. Mm -hmm. And... Uh-huh. And one thing uh, that I've noticed is that it's hard enough to even get people to come to a free show. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I get get what Luke's saying, but I think it's especially, I mean, in Iowa City, that might be the case where bands maybe need to raise it up a little bit. But my band plays in rural towns a lot, mm-hmm. and you're not going to get anyone in the door if you charge a, a, a cover a charge. A cover there. at all. Yeah. 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 People yeah. just want to come hang out and buy a couple beers and it's have hard. a good time. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's hard to get an audience anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I basically, what we do with, I hear, I see is we don't have a cover charge, but we, we ask people to donate what they can mm-hmm. to support the project. Um, we do pay everyone that plays at our shows. So we've got that end of it covered. Yeah. That's a fairly recent development though. Because, yeah, yeah. You know, we mm-hmm. haven't had a budget before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we're searching for you know other other ways to mm-hmm. have any money for people. <laughs> and if you're if you like, I hear Iowa City. Uh, you guys have a Patreon. We do. Up? Yeah, we we did start that uh, last month as another sort of revenue stream, so we can pay people. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a smart idea. Yeah, so far it's, it hasn't really taken off, but you know <laughs> maybe the more people hear about it, the more they may be interested. <laughs> yeah, so I, I definitely recommend. Uh, Anyone who's interested in that, go check out those articles on, on Little Village. I think it was called Get Rid of the $5 Show. or uh, Something like, I think it was Retire the $5 retire Show. Retire the five, like that. $5 Show. Have you heard back from Luke? 
Uh, I have not heard from Luke. Luke and I don't know each other personally, so <laughs> uh-huh. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't mind having a face-to-face conversation because, <laughs> I mean, he, he has more experience than I do in this. Yeah. <laughs> Get him on the on your radio show. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, maybe I'll reach out well, now there, that there you've was a third. mentioned it on there air. Was a, yeah, yeah, there was a third there person. Was a third. Yeah. Oh, was there? There okay. is. Uh, yeah. Adam Dosher, I think, was the guy's name. I, yeah, I don't know. Was his, his actually was uh, posted online right before mine. Oh, okay. really? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. <laughs> if I remember correctly. What was his take? Just underscoring Luke's point. Yeah. 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 uh, And he sort of makes the point that uh, the onus isn't necessarily on the the musicians. It's on the community to actually be willing to support local music. Well, musicians, there's so much. It's not just the only form of entertainment. There's so many things to compete with. Oh, yeah. That was was a big part of my article as well. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, there's just so many forms of entertainment out there. Luke's point, really, it's always been something that's really resonated with me because for the better part of five and a half or six years, like I've made my living like playing gigs. Uh Um, Now, part of that is we're using the same word gig to talk about different scenarios. Right. Like having your band like share like a a three-way bill, you know, at Trumpet Blossom or the Mill is is different than like what I was doing a lot of, which is like I'm going to go play some very, you know, safe jazz like in the corner of a restaurant for like four hours and get paid a hundred bucks. Right. You know, so yeah. it's the, but that's always like really informed, like a lot of how strongly I feel about how we value or mostly don't mm-hmm. value what people do. I mean, but like, the, you know, what I appreciated about Justin's response is that it, it takes a broader view mm-hmm. of why we have these issues with undervaluing things. Like it frustrates me to no end. You know, like, we can't get a lot of our, like, friends, um, like, in the music building to, like, yeah. walk a block away to come to a free show, you know, just because it's, like, not something that's important to them. And, like, if we can't get, like, people that are music students to yeah. come out to shows, then... Right. Who's going to do it? Yeah. I mean, so I take... I, personally, I take, like, if, if I, I take, really like, investing in my own industry, like, very seriously. I, mean, I don't really like to use the word industry. <laughs> but But, like... I, I still spend a lot of money buying CDs. Yeah, like, you, you do. <laughs> I mean, like, if I... If Actual I CDs, compact discs? Yeah, yeah. 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 I, you listen to I, them in your car? Or? Absolutely. Totally. If, if, you ever, <laughs> if you ever get a ride from Will, you will have to hold his whole box full of CDs. <laughs> yeah, one of the big books full... No, no, no. It's literally, it's literally a box no, that I, you're I just bought, holding. It's, it's like specifically like a passenger seat, like caddy organizer. <laughs> well, no, like I... Oh. I yeah, when, when we played that show with uh, CJ Boyd last weekend, you bought mm-hmm. a CD, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Like if I, and I was the only person that bought anything from it. Yeah. 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 I, I, bought a, I bought a tape. And, Somebody, we, and we were there playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like, and this isn't, this is, it is to gently call out people. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you might, you might not have even made 10 bucks that night to we pay for that. No, 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 we didn't. Yeah. yeah. Make a cent. All the no, money we, went to CJ because yeah, he's yeah, a road act. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, just, you know, shout out to CJ Boyd. He's mm-hmm. playing all over the place. He's been permanently yeah, he's on been tour touring for forever. Over, yeah. 10, 10 years. He's yeah. been on tour. <laughs> wow. stopping. Yeah. He has no home. Yeah. Yeah. He has like his really like cool like sprinter van set up. Yeah, super nice guy. Good oh, very yeah. yeah. So he plays all around. So CJ, CJ Boyd, mm-hmm. check him out. Yeah, well, it's always shocking to me that I don't know if it's that people don't understand that that the music that they're paying to get into the door like directly goes to the musician. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a disconnect there because a lot of people like are fine with going to a bar and 
and spending however much money on drinks, yeah. but they, they're saying, what, $10 for a show? You know, but I, it's, as a musician, it's hard for me to understand how they wouldn't be totally down with like, hey, if, if I pay for this, like this musician will be able to keep doing this. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I, I guess a lot of the problem is that uh, even though very few of us are actually making a living at this. Mm-hmm. We're still doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Like we, we have like a, a creative desire that's more stubborn than than the money we're making. I guess. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, I, I think overall, like, I really liked both articles because nobody was like, it wasn't a fight. Like, Didn't get nasty. No. Yeah. No. 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 I no. Mean, no. My, was, I wasn't trying to like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think say no to anything. <laughs> I mean, I think most people saw it was a yes and. That. Yeah, 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 exactly. Improv. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and I think that's. I mean, that's the whole situation. That like, it's not just one issue. Like, it's not just okay. What are yeah? Because in the end, it's not how much do we want to charge, but then what do people want to spend money on? Right. I mean, you guys are just taking slices out of a huge pie. Basically. Yeah, but I mean, then also like the contrast between people buying something that they can hold or like buying experience. It seems like usually they're willing to pay more money for something like a drink that they get and then they drink or something instead of like music. Uh, I mean, especially since now we're in this age where like, you don't have to pay. Yeah. You, you rarely have to pay for music. Like it's just there. And then you pay for other things. Like you pay for the, the platform where you listen to the music or you play, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I mean, and then that's, and I guess for me, it's also kind of like who really in the end has, like, do we actually have that much power? Like, if we say, okay, we're all going to charge like 15 bucks, then it feels like people would just not go to the shows. Right. Like, they will be like, well, then I'm just going to stay home. Yeah. Um, so, but at the same time, if it's going to happen, everybody needs to start doing it. Like, is if one person decides they're going to charge more for their concerts, then that's not going to work out. So I do like the idea of like, okay, as a community, we need to decide that, or at least acknowledge like five bucks is too little. Well, a lot of times it's not up to the bands. It's the venue. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of yeah. That's that. So, mm-hmm. and you know, the relationship between the venue and the band is, yeah. it's not charitable, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Like, I mean, there can be like, you know, like, oh, we play at this place a lot. We know the we know the people. Like, there can be, like, positive and, like, you know, beneficial relationships. But the only reason they're having a band is to is to get people in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sell yeah. drinks. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, it's been a long time since I've played a, 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 a kind of a gig where, like, it, we just got, like, a cut of the gate or, you know, whatever they sold in beer. But, like, <laughs> I mean, if, if you're charging five bucks for a show and you have seven people show up, it's like, well, you know, I mean, they, if we like, t- t- took a percentage of, of the beer money, that might be a better. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 uh-huh. yeah. So just to, uh-huh. to reinforce what Carlos is saying, like, mm-hmm. it, it, what's tough is there's not a clear, like, I would love for, like, Luke's idea to be just the way to go. Mm-hmm. But... It's not, you know, it's not that simple. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, like, at least, like, you know, like, I don't, I can only speak for myself, but I don't think any of us in Wombat are, like, putting, you know, our, the money we make from our gigs into, like, an IRA or anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, that's, that's not why I'm doing this. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I was, you know, by a lot of accounts, I had, like, before I came back to school, like, I was doing it. 
Like mm-hmm. I was making a living playing music, yeah. you know, and yeah. I something you know made me not want to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, it's um, uh, you have to be very freelance about it. You have to be in a lot of different projects, and you have to really keep yeah. your eye on your schedule and make sure mm-hmm. that you can balance all of these. And I was, you know, I was gigs. Living, living that life a hundred percent, but I was just like, I would rather do. Even if it's like less stuff, I'd rather do things that I'm, I care about more uh-huh. or mm-hmm. that are like more fulfilling in some way. But that you know that that doesn't mean that we should all expect to to not be compensated. Yeah, either, you know. Yeah. So it's just that I mean, and that this goes for like anybody doing any creative work. People mm-hmm. just you know, oh well, you know, it's so nice that you do it for the love, or like you should. <laughs> people expect you to to do whatever yeah. whatever your you know artistic practices. Like they expect you to like. You know, just the love of it to be compensation enough, which yeah. is just yeah. Like it mm-hmm. seems like if you <laughs> if you don't hate it, then you don't need to be paid. Just <laughs> <laughs> because you like hate what you're doing with yeah. Like, don't project that. Yeah, don't do yeah. That's like there was somebody. Uh, I think it was actually a, a friend or a Facebook friend of yours. Oh, geez. Yeah. Who was saying stuff like, "Oh, that's such a." Like playing music is such a stupid way of trying oh, to. Stephen Romanelli. Oh, you're you're calling him out. Yeah. Even names. <laughs> All is, right. Okay, this guy who I'm Facebook friends. I, I like. I was like, who is this? Like, why are my friends with this guy? Like, I. It's yeah. bizarre. He looks like he makes like a Facebook post like once every, uh, like <laughs> six weeks or something. Um, yeah. Anyway, just you know this, because I I shared Luke's article. Yeah. As soon as it like popped up, actually. I saw the article because you, the local tunes page. Oh, oh yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, but this guy commented, he's like, oh, you know, playing gigs, that's a really stupid way to make money. Yeah. You should just go work at Burger King. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was thinking like, working at Burger King is a really stupid way of making money. <laughs> yeah, it's like, if I'm going to do like, anything solely to make money, like, it's going to have nothing to do with music or Burger King. Yeah. Well, this kid has like, obviously never played music before because he doesn't know that music is one million times more fun than working at Burger King. Exactly, yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah, 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 I, th- yeah, yeah. I think this was like, Middle age, like burnout. Yeah, uh-huh. he'd given up on <laughs> solidarity with the fast food workers because that is, <laughs> yeah, yeah, hard, that's what I mean. Terrible work, like, <laughs> absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, not. Yeah, some people like have to do that, and they should get paid more and all that stuff. But yeah. it's just like, if you want to give me an example of like something that I should be doing instead of playing music, please, that's not <laughs> the one. <laughs> <laughs> and I had I had a conversation similar to this with a student the other day, and I always tell this to students like. I mean, I think everybody, if if they want, should be, be engaged in, in music making. Should be like, you know, just making sound. As I'm going to quote, you know, Mark Stewart. He's a wonderful musician and, and guitarist. Um, people might know him. He's like music director for Paul Simon. Um, he's, he, he says that uh, we are sound makers and that is our birthright as humans, um, which is something I, I feel very strongly. So, yeah. like, it doesn't mean you have to, like, you know, dedicate your life to it. That doesn't mean, you know... Doesn't matter what kind of music you play. I mean, I think it's it's a good thing to do, or any kind of creative engagement. Um, oh gosh, what was my turn? Well, it feels good to scream, <laughs> and it feels good to yell and bang on pots. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, people absolutely. should feel more comfortable expressing themselves yeah. in whatever creative medium they feel comfortable in. I think we all feel. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like improvising music makes me feel more confident as a human being. Yeah, like yeah. it's yeah, it, it makes me feel better yeah. about myself. I mean, <laughs> yeah, this this is well, not an original thought, but <laughs> what we're doing in this scenario, um, 
well, I, maybe I shouldn't like say this about ourselves, but like <laughs> people, people, like what we're doing, this kind of improvisation, I think, like I think it's a good, it's a model for how to be a, a good human being. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you guys like, are like what, the activities that we're engaged in. Yeah. Like, you know, we're just doing it like sonically and and weirdly, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But I mean, the the yeah, I feel like the the way. I mean, a lot of the stuff that you need to to make good improvised music would be good social skills in general. Yeah, well, it's like you guys are practicing having a good conversation, but yeah. you're not using any words yeah, yeah. that you're familiar with, uh-huh. but but you're still, like, acting out yeah. a conversation. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, and kind of like... I don't know. I mean, the, the idea of, like, if everybody's playing all the time, it's going to sound like shit. Like, you need, to, you need to listen to each other. You need to... Yeah, sorry. Vulgarity number two. Yes. Hey, hey, you sorry. know what? That's okay. That's okay. It's past ten. It's Actually, past it's ten legal. p.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there yeah. you so, go. So we're all good. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. now, the way now, we've been doing it, yeah. it's been totally. Now fun. I'm going to be dropping the f bombs. How much restraint I've been exercising? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you know Will, you know this is not the way he talks. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. But I mean, the idea of like, like you need to be listening to each other. You need to. Often you end up like engaging with somebody specifically like very clearly like imitating somebody or like going off what somebody's doing or giving them space or just like not playing which at first is really hard to just like not do anything and feel comfortable with that because um, yeah. yeah I don't know because I mean there's a lot of ego and there's also a lot of like okay people are watching me and I'm just here like standing just listening um, musicians have egos <laughs> I do not um, but and and then on top of that, like I mean, if if you're doing free improvisation, I feel like you should also be trying to to not just go back to what you know is gonna work. And and I, I mean, yeah, Will and I were talking about this the other day, like after the the house show that we did. Yeah. Um, that it feels like we're still like there's still stuff that happens. That's new. Yeah. That like I like oh well I've never seeing you doing that or like I tried this thing that I didn't know if it was going to work and suddenly it did um, like uh, I noticed that you were breathing into your F hole yeah. of your guitar is that is that something that you've I, done before or? well the last time I did it was at the, that house show I started singing into the guitar and it was something that I had thought about trying <laughs> and like trying like alone just to see if it worked uh, but then I didn't, and then I just like went for it on the show, and it worked. So <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed the image of you just like at home alone, just like screaming and yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, but well, yeah, if, you, if, yeah. We, if we think about the one we just played, yeah, like there were several moments where we were doing some stuff that we've never really gotten into before. Yeah, like you even like started playing some like vaguely tonal stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, yeah, it almost sounded like you were playing chords over there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, like. <laughs> when, you, when you like take it so far, and then you play something that's like not out, it ends up being the weirdest thing. Because <laughs> it's all about you know contextualizing it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we were dealing more with like harmonies than yeah. I think maybe we ever yeah. have in an improvisation. Mm-hmm. Like there are a lot you know like we were thinking about like actual without even like knowing what the pitches were, but we were yeah, like, yeah. thinking about like the relationship between like notes. Um, you know, some of the stuff that we got into for a second with like some really like high. Yeah, mm-hmm. it felt like we were intervals. both trying to. Get higher than the other. Yeah. Oh yeah, and this is like bass and, and various acts. So yeah. this is very gratifying. <laughs> you know, I mean, so like, 
we are, you know, just now, like, we got into some stuff that, like, has not really yeah. happened before. Uh-huh. So you guys still make each fun. other smile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, I feel, yeah, I, going back to, like, the social stuff, like, I, I wish that's what we were doing all the time. Like, I wish that we were trying to, like, keep pushing each other to do new things and to uh-huh. get out of our comfort zones um, instead of just, like, going to the default, like, oh, this is what this band sounds like or this is yeah. what my instrument sounds like. And I guess that's something that I've kind of taken for granted with you guys. Like, I feel like we've established a very comfortable environment yeah, yeah, with totally. each other yeah. to, like, be constantly exploring for new yeah. new sounds, new activities. Yeah. yeah. And you don't always get that. Yeah, no, I mean, even, like... <laughs> guys... Yeah. No, I mean, I, really, I I think I told you last time because like you were talking about you kneel down to do something and like you didn't want to because it looks kind of like too much. But it's like, well, it's way easier to make this sound if I'm kneeling down. Yeah, I've been really focusing on like floor activities lately. Yeah, I wonder. I was yeah. wondering where you went. <laughs> For those of you listening, yeah. Justin has spent most of this evening like rolling yeah. around on the floor. <laughs> Um, no, but, and I told you, like, no, it's cool that you do that, because then I feel like when I'm doing something like singing into a guitar, it makes me way less self-conscious. Like, <laughs> it feels like we've ta- established this way of doing it where it's like, okay, yeah, if you need to just, like, do some bizarre thing, then just go for it. And then like, when Will climbed up on top of his bass, that was <laughs> And then set it on fire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so... I guess uh, we're we're running uh, out of time here. I know you guys got to wake up early in the morning. Yeah. I do as well. Um, did you guys have another song for us? Yeah, yeah we're gonna do a short. Yeah, we're gonna one. play some more since we have the instruments out. Still. Yeah. Um. I I guess can you can you just tell us where where to keep up with you guys at? Sure. We, we actually just, yeah. we just started a Facebook page. So that, that'd <laughs> be right. the best. Uh, it's uh we're a at band. Wombat Noise on yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You should also follow the I Hear I See ecosystem of yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a Facebook page for my own solo activities. Um, uh, Jason Palomaro, who I mentioned earlier, we have a, a duo together called JCJP, which you should check out as well. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, yeah, well, I have my, my solo thing. It's called Black Stork, which sounds nothing like this. Uh, I have a SoundCloud, but I do not have a Facebook page. You got a gig coming up. Yes, I do have a gig coming up uh, at Feel Me With Things, and this is October 5th. 5th. I know it's October 5th because we have an I Hear I See concert the same night. Yeah. (laughs) You could make it to both concerts (laughs) if you try. But yeah, that will be a Feel Me With Things, uh, Trumpet Blossom. Which is is another, another... series of events that people should check out yeah yeah lots of cross-pollination yeah we're very involved, closely tied to the feeling yeah. weird things series as well yeah, chris weirsome is bringing some really great music like mm-hmm. in from out of town like yeah. wombat's open for it before like other local mm-hmm. people will open but he's it's a really well curated oh yeah yeah like, concert yeah. Series. yeah yeah so chris is on. involved in mission creek and mm-hmm. yeah, brings yeah. in yeah, a lot, of, an hour and a lot of good yeah. stuff yep. around yeah. here yeah yeah and i mean it, it does live up to the name like well, I mean, yeah, recently there was like... Well, literally, something was fed. Yeah, yeah, there was a guy... Yeah. Putting, a time ghost. Look up time ghost if mouth. you want to get messed up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, it's. I was horrified. <laughs> some of the things I was seeing. Yeah, I asked, I asked both of them individually, like, oh, how was it yesterday? And they didn't say like, oh, man, that was awesome, or that was really good, or I didn't like it. They just said like, 
that was really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes a lot to, to just, like just think about surprise me in that. Way. <laughs> yeah, like you know, you think you've seen it all, and then somebody you know puts a microphone like in, down their in, throat. In the, yeah, yeah it, it endoscopic through yeah. through his. Cheek skin. Cheek piercings. <laughs> he had piercings in his cheeks and he was sticking stuff through them with like a webcam uh, up close. That's a game changer. It was yeah, wild. Yeah. The, the bar the bar was was elevated. Yeah, so yeah, well so this this coming improvisation <laughs> is nothing like that. We're way more traditional than you thought. <laughs> All right. Alright, we'll keep up with these guys. Yeah. Uh, once again it's Wombat. You got Justin Comer on sax, Will Yeager on bass. I, I didn't write down Carlos Cotayo Solares yes. on the guitar. <laughs> Thanks like so much that. for hosting us. Yeah, thank you guys so much for coming yeah. in. Been really fun. Thanks for having uh, us, man. Um, and once again, if you find yourself in Ames or if you got homies out there, send them to the Morning Bell Coffee Roasters Saturday, September 29th. That's this Saturday. Um, all right, we're, Wombat's going to take us out here with another improvisation.
Once again, you are listening to KRUI 89.7. You were listening to Wombat over the last hour and a half. Thank you guys so much for coming in. Thank you, Max. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. Uh, keep up with these guys on Wombat on Facebook, I hear I see dot com. Uh, here's Crystal City with Driving. Set. It may be on your mind 